uh, I was reminded, I want you, I want you to um, hold your Bible up. Go ahead and stand up. We've done this several times. Uh, you know the story. Uh, Joel Osteen does this statement at his church, uh, but he didn't start it. It started with his father, John Osteen, a mighty, mighty man of God. But there's some truths in this. Many times what happens is we'll just go to a service and we hear with our ears, but we don't hear with our heart, right? Because we're not ready to receive. But in this word that's going to be preached today, uh, it has life-changing things in it for you right now today. Is anybody going to receive that today? Is anybody going to receive from the Lord today? Anybody? Amen. So I want you to say this with me. Just say, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. Today I'll be taught the Word of God. I boldly confess. My mind is alert. My heart is receptive. I will never be the same. Is that you? Do you believe that? I will never be the same. I'm about to receive the incorruptible, indestructible, ever-living seed of the Word of God. I will never be the same. Never, never, never. I will never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Glory to God. You may be seated. It is good. You can turn to John 16 and verse 13. It's pretty funny to me. Religion, the spirit of religion is a killer. And it kills people and it steals life. It steals life constantly. The spirit of religion is based in the pride of thinking you know something. Matter of fact, Nicole and I have had this conversation. I've had it with several of my pastors. Uh, one of the, the biggest problems in the church today, specifically in the spirit-filled church, is that people... Uh, learn start learning more about the fullness of the life of God in the gospel and they get to a place where they become like a spiritual teenager and all of a sudden they think they know it all because they know more than they've ever known before and then all of a sudden because they think they know it all they enter into pride and their heart gets hardened to receiving anything else not knowing that they don't even have a clue yet how to operate all they've done is they've learned the theory, but they don't know how to turn it into a reality yet. They're not walking. Although they might have had some great experiences with God. So I get humored when people come in and visit and think they know something about God. And before we even get to the message, they leave, uh, which just happened. And uh, glory to God. So um, it's amazing. I remember one day, and you know, people... You got to think about this. I remember one day we got up, and as soon as we prayed in tongues, there wasn't even time for interpretation uh, yet before the person grabbed their stuff and ran out the back door. 
and literally ran out the back door. I was like, wow. Well, later that day, there were two miracles that happened that day. They missed it. They missed the power of God because they ran because of something they don't understand. And uh, that's the spirit of religion. It, it kills people. It steals life from them. It steals uh, from it. But I, it's almost humorous. It's sad, but it's almost humorous to watch that you know, when people are prideful enough to think that they know everything right. there is to know about God, they don't. And here's one of the things. What's the purpose of church? What's one of the purposes of church? One of the purposes of church is to raise up the body to the fullness of the stature of Christ. In other words, that means if the purpose of church is to grow us, then that means we're not grown yet, which means that basically in order to grow, we've got to move from one position to an, another. That means we're not at that position yet. So see, church, I'm not here as a pastor leading a body of believers to actually tell you what you know so that you can amen it, right? I'm here to lead a body of believers from what they think they know to what the truth of the word says. In other words, I'm here to teach things that you don't know, right? And me included, to grow into things that I don't know yet as well. You know, I'm not here to basically, um, a church is not there for you to agree with everything. Because if you agreed with it, you'd already know it. And you'd already be grown in it. So a lot of times people have this idea where I'm going to go to a place where I agree with everything. That's a complete misconception of what the Word says about church in itself. You're not there to agree with everything. You're there to find out the things you don't know and then accept them uh, by faith in Christ looking at the Word and then grow up into the fullness of the stature of Christ. So the concept that we have in America that I'm going to go to a place where I'm comfortable is ludicrous. That is not what church is. Where I go to a place where my flesh is comfortable is a is completely unbiblical thought. It's not what it is. And uh, so you see that. Now, here's the thing. You're going to have some people that they're so hungry for God, I don't care what you tell me. If it's in that word, I'm going to eat it up. Yeah. That's the people we're looking for. That's the hot church, not the lukewarm church. The lukewarm church is, I'm gonna, I want to go to the place where they tickle my ears and I'm comfortable, but the problem with being comfortable is you don't grow. You don't grow. And so I'm not looking for believers that are sitting there that want to be comfortable and not grow. I'm looking for some people that are hungry and they want to go somewhere. They recognize I have a responsibility to go after Christ. I need to pick up my cross daily, crucify my flesh, crucify my comfort, and go and see some things happen, right? That's who I'm looking for. That's who you guys are. And, uh, but I do, I do find it humorous at times which is why I was chuckling a second ago because I'm watching, you know, watching folks who don't know but disagree but just say, oh, I'll see you later. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I don't like Joel Osteen. Well, I'm sorry. <laughs> he does something good, you know. I mean, if you don't think he does something good, then you go have 35,000 people come yeah, every Sunday. Right. Yeah, you you yeah. think that comes easy? You think that's not the blessing of God? <laughs> <laughs> It, it is. It is. And he's, he's built on the foundation of the Holy Ghost through his dad. You know, it's funny what people, they just, anything, well, I don't agree with that. Well, you think that the kingdom is a democracy. I'm sorry. Now, why am I telling you this? You're still sitting here. 
<laughs> why, am I, why am I telling you this? Because you need to know how to think about these things. And when you see somebody that disagrees and they run, you need to understand that's religion. And that doesn't mean that we just like, you know, let's crucify the religious people. No, it means that you understand. So for instance, let's say that Paul invites a friend and, and uh, he comes to church or, or she comes to church. You know, you guys invite somebody, they come to church and they don't hang out. Well, that's going to happen. That's going to happen. Doesn't mean that the church is wrong. Could mean that the church is right. You see what I'm saying? Because the person's not at the place where they're hungry yet, and we're actually doing church versus tickling ears. We don't want to do that. We're growing to the fullness of the stature of Christ. We, we want to see the fruit. He says if you don't have fruit, you'll be removed. If you don't have fruit, we want to see fruit in our lives. We want to grow to the fullness of the stature of Christ, not be blown around by every wind of doctrine like it says when you grow up in that, in the, that maturity in Christ. In Ephesians 4 it says you'll grow up and you won't be tossed around to and fro by every wind of doctrine that blows through a place. You've got to understand. It. Well, one of the biggest things that's, that's fault in the church is the Holy Ghost. Is the Holy Ghost is praying in tongues seems to go hand in hand with that, which of course biblically it does. But let me ask you this question: We're talking today is Pentecost Sunday. It is Power Sunday. Yeah, yeah. It is Power Sunday, yeah. and I'm telling you right now tonight we're going to have our Holy Ghost service at 4 p.m. or maybe this afternoon. That's not technically tonight, is it? But anyway, at 4 p.m. we'll have our Holy Ghost service. You don't want to miss it. Because the Lord's given me something to share with you, and you're not going to want to miss it. Amen. And now, don't come here thinking we're going to have an hour service. I mean, we may, but that would be highly unlikely, okay? Uh, that, would be, that would be probably not. Uh, it's probably going to be three hours at least. Like, and it may be less. I think we've done one at two and a half. But here's why. We're not coming here for time to dictate to us. We're coming here for the Holy Ghost to dictate yeah, to us. Right. Lord, we're, we're ministering to the Lord like they did in Acts chapter 13. That's, that's what it is. You know, Sunday, uh, people have schedules. They want to go eat lunch, and sometimes they have some family stuff. We get that. That's why we don't try to go past like 1 o'clock, you know, but sometimes we do. You know, why? Because we're not here for our flesh. We're here for God. That's what this service is about. We're here for Him. We're here for him. We're here for him. It's about Jesus. It's not about me. It's not about you. It's about Jesus. Now, in turn, he says, hey, I want it to be about you too. But he makes it about you, not by catering to your flesh, but by catering to you through the Holy Ghost. So when we esteem the Holy Spirit and his ways, he gives to us. Well, this afternoon, uh, and, you know, every month on the second Sunday, we have a Holy Ghost service at 4 p.m. We started at 4 so that if it does go three hours or four, we're still, it's still eight. And we can go home and everybody get in bed before Monday, right? We're, we're that, we started early so that it's not 10 or 11. Yeah, like we took you into consideration when we planned it, you know. But, and we, but we're going to give... The Holy Ghost, the consideration more than anybody else. And because of that, we see more of the power of God released in that service than, than most services because we're just honoring Him in that. So let me ask you this question. You know, 
what does, if Jesus walked into this room and he appeared before all of us, what does Jesus have? What is he carrying with him? Like if he walked in, what's he bringing with him? Power, the glory, love, freedom, the word, holiness, salvation, healing, right? Deliverance, protection, restoration. Like he, it, when he walks in, he's carrying something, yeah. right? Like because who he is, just because who he is. When we say the word Christ, it's not just Jesus' last name. It is, he is the anointed one and his anointing. It stands for both of those things. Jesus, the anointed one and his anointing. And so when he walks into the room, he's carrying something. He's got something with him, right? Now, do you ever notice that? Like when you're standing in the bank, like, and, you know, somebody walks in, like, do you feel that same, like, just like when Jesus walked in, you're like, oh, man, you know, wow. William walked into the bank. Did y'all feel that? <gasps> Maybe not yet, but we can. Amen? Amen. <laughs> but have you ever noticed that you don't feel that with everybody? I, I definitely have had moments where I feel like I was carrying something, and I've definitely had moments where I didn't feel like I was carrying anything, right? Anybody understand and felt like that besides me? And so I've had those moments like that. I've had those moments like that. But we're, we're designed to be carrying something. I want you to see something. And one of the key things I want to focus on today because of what today is, is the power. What kind of power would Jesus carry? What kind of power would he carry? You could, huh? Supernatural power. All power. What's in all power? Miracles. Healing. Salvation. Creative power, strength. Like it kind of, kind of the answer to it is what doesn't he carry? That would be easier. What kind of power? So, you know, in Acts, if you look and read Acts, when we did in Impact University, we did a, one of our classes was on the book of Acts. And uh, I told everybody, all the students in there, I said, hey, pay attention to how many times it says they were amazed. Right. Or astonished like and was it a lot yeah. <laughs> it did it surprise you how many times the book of Acts says they were amazed and astonished and why would they be amazed now these were not people that had not been around God this is this is people that had been around God this is the Israelites that had this is this is people that saw and they at least their you know forefathers they saw the split, the sea split, the split sit. They saw the sea split, right? 
They, they saw these things. And they had just seen Jesus walk on water, feed the 5,000. Next chapter, feed the 4,000, right? They had seen Jesus raise the dead. You know, so we're talking about a people that had been around the power of God and yet we get to Acts and they're amazed and astonished and amazed and astonished and amazed and astonished over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. What were they seeing? They were seeing a release of the power of Jesus Christ. Over in Acts chapter 4 it says... Yeah, they could tell that these were not learned men, but what could they tell? They had been with Jesus. Now, why could they tell they had been with Jesus? Because of a boldness, a confidence, and they were walking in a power. You know, silver and gold have I none, basically, we know, uh, own me, but rise up and walk. And the dude who had been crippled and sitting at the gate for years and years and years leaps to his feet, leaping and walking and jumping and praising God, right? What happened? Power was released. Who was the author of that power? Jesus. Why was it that they carried that power? Because they had been with Jesus. They had been with Jesus. So what does Jesus have? What does he have? Well, one thing he's got, he's got power. Let's look at John 16 and verse 13. He says, but when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you. So who are we talking about now? We're talking about the Holy Spirit. Jesus, this is Jesus talking And he says, when he, the spirit of truth, when the Holy Spirit comes. So what we're talking about is the pouring out of the promise of the Holy Ghost. He says, when the spirit of truth comes, he, the Holy Spirit, will guide you in all truth. He will not speak on his own initiative. And whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will disclose to you what is to come. Now this word disclose, I want to tell it to you about it in this verse. This word disclose means to manifest. In other words, he will manifest to you, uh, in, because he's talking about knowledge here, he, he will manifest knowledge to you about what is to come. But now watch this, he'll show you. And Let me just tell you, I've had time and time again as a pastor where there have been problems that have been coming up or I need to know something, and the Lord has shown me what was about to happen. He's shown me, hey, you need to be praying over this. Uh, one time, uh, literally, well, one time very specifically, I think there's been multiple times, but one time specifically he said, you're going to have a problem with this person and this is what it's going to be. And like two weeks later, sure enough, that person, that problem exactly, right? Another time uh, he said, uh, you're going to, uh, there's going to be, well, I already knew that there was a problem. But he literally showed me what the person was thinking on. I had no idea what the problem was. I just knew there was one. And all of a sudden he showed me this person's thoughts and I literally, in my spirit, in my spirit, man, I heard that person saying uh, what his thoughts were in, in their voice. And I went, whoa, what was that? What was that? That was the Holy Ghost 
manifesting to me uh, things that were to come that were problems. Well, he'll also show you what's good. You'll get into a prayer session. You'll get into uh, a word of prophecy, and he'll show you, hey, I'm going to change this region through Boomerang Church. I'm going to change this region. Through. What's he doing? He's disclosing to you. He's manifesting right. to you the things that you need to know. So then you see this, uh, verse 14. He, talking about the Holy Ghost, he will glorify me and he will take of mine and will disclose it to you. So the Holy Ghost, his operation will glorify Jesus. So if now, what I want you to see, one of the things is, if you start coming against the working of the Holy Spirit, you're coming against the glorifying of Jesus. That's a dangerous place to be. Can you see that just in that scripture? If you start coming against what the Holy Ghost is up to, then you are coming against Jesus being glorified. I mean, what side does that put you on? You know, it does, you know, maybe you're born again, but think, you know, whatsoever man sows, that shall he also reap. You are not sowing into God being glorified and Jesus being glorified. You're sowing into Jesus not being glorified, right? So you have to be mindful that we don't need to just be throwing around what we think or what we're comfortable with. We need to go back to the Bible and figure out what is happening here. Right. Look, if Christ... Another thing, if Christ is the anointed one and his anointing, we know that the anointing breaks the yoke. The anointing is the power of God. The 